podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a Rapid Room production. Boom, crack open a beer. The boys are back. It is another Thursday live over on the Locker Room app. It's going to be a fun one. We're going to talk K-State football. I think this is the first show we have done that we are closer to the 2021 football season than we were to the 2020 championship game. I couldn't be more pumped. If you listen to the show earlier this week, it was all about where are we confident, where we have our questions, and where are we scared. And we want the boneheads to chime in. It's going to be a fun one. Grant very early on the uh, invites. I'm tweeting this out from the Bosco's Boys account. Grant, this is the quickest you've joined the show. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm uh, all uh, not so great. Got some not so uh, awesome news, but we are not going to uh, worry about that on the pod tonight. Um, you know, we're going to talk some more, uh, we're going to talk some more K-State football. It's, uh, it's a good one. It was a well-received episode. Um, you know, since that dropped and I'm, you know, trying to tweet this out from the Bosco's boys account, not a lot has dropped, but our friends to the East, uh, KU, your new hometown university, (laughs) both their, both their first two games are going to be on Friday. They're acting like the high school program they are. What were your reactions when you uh, saw that, and how much fun are you going to get? Uh, you know, making high school football jokes over the next three and a half months. I don't know, man. Um, I just, if I was a KU fan, I'd be pissed. Um, two Friday night games. I think it sucks. Uh, I'd be really upset, but it is kind of funny. Um, I didn't think about the high school thing at all until I saw your Twitter. So. I got to give you props. It's clever, and um, I'm going to let you take the reins on that one. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's a it's a Friday, it's a Friday show. There's Steve. We're going to get him up there. Uh, they're stuck playing on Friday when high schoolers typically are. And a weird weird enough thing is uh, they only had six home games to start with. Now doing that, they're down to only five Saturdays where they can host high school recruits. And yeah. one of those Saturdays is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So um, it, it is an interesting situation they find themselves in. I think it's um, funny that but, they have to play Coastal Carolina again. That's what really sticks out to me is that their dreaded arrivals that have been beating up on them the last couple of years. Um, they yes. have to play. That is a true rivalry. And now that we got some folks in the room, we're going to start talking some K-State football. But before we do, we do – Anyone listening to this on uh, the RSS feed or the Apple uh, or any podcast app of your choice, join us over here on Locker Room. It is the only free audio-only sports talk platform where you can chat chat with us every Thursday. And like, like I've said before, there are a lot of fun folks over here on the Locker Room app. Everyone from the Ringer is on. And right now, if I were just to go out there, there is a massive live show just talking about the Lakers' playoff run. There's Mark Stein. Stein Line Live is going on right now. Uh, there, there's someone talking about all sorts of expansion teams in the NBA, which would be a fun one to jump in. A watch party, Pacers, Wizards, all sorts of fun stuff over here. 
So if you're into sports, get over to the Locker Room app. All right, we're going to start with our, our guy, Steve. Steve is in the house. So, Steve, not sure if you had the chance to listen to our show this week, but I wanted to get the boneheads involved. Uh, the three main topics Grant and I touched on, things we're confident in, things we still have questions about, things we're scared with. We're going to start with confidence. I want to hear what Steve Keck, the godfather, thinks about K-State football. Give me some things that you're confident in and why you're confident in them. Uh, I'm confident that last year was a fluke uh, and that we're going to be way closer to the climate's first season than last year or last season. I like that. So tell me why you, you're so confident in that. Um, because with the new coaching staff and not being able to have like practice and stuff in between all the new guys that were contributing, uh, I think that having an actual off season is going to be huge. Like when they can actually practice and stuff. I like it. I like, I like where your confidence is at. Let's get down to Chris. Chris, where are you confident in coming into the season? Um, it can be something general like Steve. It can be something more exact. Just let me know where, when you look at this team, we're still, you know, 100-plus days out, but where are you confident when you're looking at this football team? I think uh, offensively I'm a little bit more confident uh, in that regard. I think we'll be a little bit more well-balanced. I think hopefully we should have a better passing game to go along with our running game. Um, I think we'll be able to distribute the more the ball more to um, some of our playmakers, Um I know the our receivers um, have given us little to be confident in, or they've um, kind of underproduced. Uh, but I think Malik Moles and Sebastian Taylor, Viking Gill, and all those guys will be able to contribute more in the passing game. And that should hopefully help our run game uh, as well. So I think overall we'll be more well-balanced, and you'll see uh, more production in the passing er- er- uh, area. And having Skyler back, too, is uh, definitely beneficial. Yeah, Skyler coming back is one of the biggest keys for me. I do have to note that Viking Gill was among some of the folks that left. I, I want to pour one out for my friend Dylan. That uh, Viking Gill was his favorite player on the team, and he took that one pretty tough, almost as tough as uh, Grant when Dejuan Gordon left, and for about 24 hours he was done with Bruce because of oh. Viking Gill left. I must have missed that somewhere. Um, yeah, but that, that happened right at the uh, back end of the season. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I don't know. Okay, but I know there's um, what's his McCall it uh, isn't the guy out of Free State, the receiver. He's yeah, come back. And so Garber. That so r- real quick. I, I I'm gonna I want to get a straw poll of everyone in here right now. Uh, so I'm going I'm going off script a little bit, and we'll start with you, Chris. Over under 300 yards receiving for Keenan Garber this year. I'll go over just barely, though. I'll go okay. over just barely. I, I, all right. I, 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 I like that answer. I hope he goes over. Grant, we'll, we'll come back to you. Keenan Garber, he's been the mystery man so far. Does he go over 300 yards receiving? My head says no, but my heart, which will be the final answer, will say yes. I love it. I'll well, give him well, the over. I like it. Okay, Steve. Confident in this coaching staff, is Keenan Garber going to have over 300 yards receiving? I am going to say yes, but it'll be unfortunately because another receiver will get hurt and he'll have to step up to a pretty high option for us. Okay. All right, Evan. For, first chat from Evan. We'll, we'll get where you're confident here in a little bit. But in the Keenan Garber straw poll, is he going to go over 300 yards? 
Um, on this one, I'm going to have to go with no, unfortunately. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I hope it goes over 300, and I hope he has some big games, and my Twitter mentions blow up with people reminding me that I was a big-time Keenan Garber doubter. Um, so I, I, I hope it goes over, but I'm probably in the same camp with you. We'll come back to Chris. Um, Chris, is there anything else that you're confident in that you wanted to touch on uh, during your time to talk about your confidence level and where, where you are confident with this team? Um, I'll say the, the transfers. Um, I'm confident in the transfers. I hope they'll be able to make a, um, an impact. Uh, I think where we the transfers that we do have or were able to get, I think they'll be able to um, produce a little bit. Um, so I'm confident in that regard uh, as well. That's what I like to hear. All right, it's my main man, Evan. Shanna, Lana, 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 Lack. Evan, how are you doing, my friend? Welcome back to Locker Room. Tell me where you're confident at when you are projecting out this team 100 days from now when they start taking the field. Where are you confident? Um, as far as offense goes, I'm pretty confident in Skyler. Um, pretty confident in the running back room um, with Deuce and all the other guys returning. Um, and I like the offensive line. Um, defense, not too much. I like the D line a lot. Um, and I like the defensive transfers we've gotten so far. Yeah, I like it. I, I agree with you with Skyler. Um, you know, I think the defensive lineman might, uh, might surprise some folks. I, I like where your head's at right there. We'll do one more kind of straw poll amongst the folks who are up on the stage right now um, of the transfers because we've heard a little bit of confidence in the transfers. If you were going to stake your reputation on one of the guys who transferred in, who would be the guy you're riding with? We'll start with Evan. Um, I think you got to go with Julius Brents on this one, um, just from everything I've heard. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be a popular answer, but we're going to go around to everyone. Chris, are you going to be a Brents guy, a Matter Bebe? Are you going to surprise everyone and go with the catfish man himself? Who are you most confident in? Uh, I'll go with uh, Matter Bebe. I kind of, I'm kind of high on him, even though haven't really seen him play but i've heard about him and just hoping that he turns out and shows. yeah if he stays healthy i think that'll be a good one steve where are you at are any of these guys going to become future titans as well uh Imata baby is going to join bradley moore on the titans roster for sure and i think <laughs> with uh, all the questions at receiver he's just going to be we're going to rely on him quite a bit anyway Perfect. I love it. Grant, we got two Matter Bebe's, one Julius Brents. Where are you going with? It's got to be a unanimous Julius Brents, probably. But I'll be different, well, and I will say... Well, it's obviously not. We have two of Matter Bebe's. I know, but and that surprises me with the hype coming out that surrounds Julius Brents. But I'm going to throw Russ Sabone. I mean, this is a guy that is not, I don't think, getting enough respect and he's going to be sliding into a position that was so poor for us last year that I think having this four-year player out of the ACC that has honestly a pretty good career. I mean, he's got like 140 tackles and loads of experience. I think that is going to be a shining star on this defense that is going to elevate us a little bit to another level. So I'll throw yes, Russ Easton bone. He's going to be he's going to be huge for us. 
Yeah, I actually think that Russ Yeast is getting uh, slept on a little bit. I think that's a good call. Um, I, you know, I I go back and forth on a couple of these. Um, I'm, you know, I. I do think Amater Bebe is going to absolutely, like, splash, though. He's going to have some plays that leave us, you know, with our jaws on the floor. And then, of course, Julius Brantz. You know, I, like, worry when people hype up defensive backs because that's such a scary position that is so isolated that I, I worry that he's going to – he's too hyped that, I don't. You know, I don't think he's too hyped, but I'm going to go with Reggie Stubblefield only because I think it yeah. would be fucking hilarious if this kid – uh, you know, who who basically was lying about all his stats, just came up and tore it up at Nickelback. So I'm officially going with Reggie Stubblefield for that one. All right, we're going to transition now into uh, – we'll, we'll go with uh, the biggest questions that you have coming into this year. Not as much fun as, as where uh, – what we're feeling confident. Before we do, just got to give a shout-out to betonline.ag because the state of Kansas is too dumb to pass Senate Bill 84 contact your state senators and house representatives uh, because they're too dumb. We get to have even more fun over at bet online. They have a 100% crypto bonus right now. Fastest payout in the biz. And if you want a live gamble on the Pittsburgh Penguins or any hockey team or literally any sport in the world, including South African basketball league, where I think J Cole is over playing there. You can bet on J Cole playing basketball. Get over there today. All right, we're going to come to Chris. Chris, where is your biggest question marks? We're still, you know, 100 days out. There's still probably about 10 days left that uh, some transfers or some different roster stuff can happen. Where are your biggest question marks? I think I'll probably just go with the easy answer and say linebacker just because um, there is a little bit of a lack of depth, and the depth that we do have is uh, – I mean, there's really three experienced players or upperclassmen, if you'd call them that, um, that have played a while. And uh, Daniel Green, Cody Fletcher, and then you're moving Wayne Jones from safety to linebacker. Um, and I hope and Wayne Jones turns out, but um, that, that's a pretty big ask to turn a safety into a linebacker. But I know he's put on some weight, um, and he seems to be adjusting well. Um, and then – so other than that, then you have just a lot of young guys. Um, you might have to rely on some freshmen as well. And, you know, and that could be um, – if those freshmen are good then um, and they come in and you can spot sub them in, then, then maybe it won't be as big of a concern. But heading into the, uh, the summer and fall, I think that's the biggest question mark on defense. And then maybe if I want to just throw this out there, maybe the special teams too with uh, having a new kicker, replacing Blank Lynch. Um, I know – um, the two kickers that are currently in school right now are doing all right from just re- early reports, but um, also heard a lot of big things about a, the kid from Mill Valley. He might be able to give the other two older guys a run for their money and who's kicking field goals this year. So that'll be interesting as well. Yeah, I was, when you brought up uh, special teams, I was going to say that. I bet that freshman from Mill Valley might be in there. We might have a special guest, and if you want to talk a guy with the pulse on the cats, Derek Young is uh, now in the room. He is now up on the stage. Uh, Derek, we'll come to you. Actually, we'll come to you right now because you're coming in at our second question. Uh, real quick, I want to hear where are you most confident in the cats because everyone else has already gone through there. So give me 
one or two things you're most confident in when you're looking forward towards this next football season? Uh, their ability to score because that's where all their experience is. That they have plenty of running backs that can go. Deuce Vaughn's back. They got a six-year senior quarterback. They have all the wide receivers have a, a bunch of experience. Um, they don't have a brand-new offensive line like they did last year. Um, still some question marks at tight end in terms of guys that we haven't seen enough of. But, yeah, just their ability. I mean, I would I would guess wager that you'll see much more high-scoring games than low-scoring games for Kansas State games this year. All right, I like it. And then the other question we've we've gone around, there's two other ones, and you can just give me your quick take on this one. This is a uh, big Keenan-Garber group. Is Keenan Garber going to go over or under 300 yards receiving? 300 yards, over or under. I Usually when the guys start to get brought up the way he has, um, I wouldn't say they flounder, but I would say that, that we probably overestimate what they'll do that just that first season right after they start to get some hype. So I bet. I bet he really leaves a mark in the 2022 season. Uh, so 2021, I think he'll still have a considerable role, but I'll say under. Okay, and then what uh, transfer are you most confident in? This is a big Amater Bebe group. We have some Russies, and I'm going it's with Julius the Catfish Brent. himself. It's Julius Brent. I mean, I okay, that's fine. I'm going with the Catfish. I'm going with Reggie. He's going to be the best. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you got to ride the hot hand. Yeah, I got to go with it. All right, we'll come back to Steve because now we're on the topic of biggest question marks on the season. Uh, Steve, where are you at? What, what's your biggest question mark? Uh, I mean, it's definitely linebackers, but uh, the one that sticks out to me maybe more than most is um, the backup quarterback. Like, if something does happen to Skyler again, I would say we're probably screwed, but – I guess there's plenty of hype about Will Howard now getting way better, which is still, I want to see that for sure. Yeah, I was just about to say you're not buying into the uh, Will Howard taking massive leap uh, hype yet. I I don't think I ever saw him throw over 15 yards, so uh, I'm going to say no. And uh, you don't think adding 50 pounds of uh, pure man meat muscle is going to help him out much? Uh, I think that might help him be a dual threat, but I think actually just be a single threat, which would be rushing. So maybe not. No, I, I might tend to agree with you. I'm waff. I'm going back and forth on the future of Will Howard. We'll get to uh, Evan. Evan, what's your biggest question mark? Um, I think my biggest question mark is just depth. I, I kind of like most of our starters around the team, um, but like if you get into something like last year where there was uh, COVID getting out our starters, we just fell apart, it seemed like. So nope. can I, the I, backups do as well as the starters? I hear you. Hopefully uh, they get vaccinated. Um, yeah, I, I think depth is going to be an issue for a few more years. We'll come down to the main man himself, Derek Young. Derek uh, you and I have had these conversations before. If you're going to pin down one or two of your biggest question marks still about 100 days out from the first game, where where are your question marks? I, I question the safety position and the nickel position, both. I just uh, – right now I don't know who starts a nickel. Maybe it's TJ Smith. Maybe it's Reggie Stubblefield. 
are are those ideal scenarios? I'm not I'm not very certain or confident about that. And and at safety, you know you have Jerome McPherson. You probably have Russ East as the other starter. Then maybe Stubblefielder Smith again as the backup. I guess you're you're in a position. Well, they're in a position where they have to hope that Reggie Stubblefield and T.J. Smith, who's coming off of you know a pretty bad injury, are the real deal. And and maybe that's the case. I'm not saying that it isn't, but th- it seems like a a bit of a stretch to at least count on. No, I I, I hear that, Grant. You you mentioned how Russ Yeast might be a guy that you're hoping to see big things from at the safety position. Um, do you think that Russ Yeast and Jerry McPherson, J Mac, can go the distance? Because Dy brought it up. Who who are your number twos if TJ and Reggie? are going to be uh, nickels. Well, that's the problem. That's always the problem with K-State is, is quality depth, and it's been the problem in Snyder 2.0. It's been the problem with Chris Kleiman. I want to ask Derek, do you think that Russ Yeast is being disrespected? I feel like he's being slept on. It's a four-year player at ACC out of, out of Louisville, and I have heard nothing but bad things about him. I mean, is, is that because he's really underperforming you know, in camp or what? Because I thought that was a pretty good get. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a pretty good get at the time. I think it still might be. There was some chatter that he might not be up to speed, but I haven't heard that from anyone that would necessarily matter. But it was definitely the rumor at one point, and we'll see if that comes to fruition. But even if he were you know, up to speed and, and was fine, they still have problems at safety because the, the, next, the next men up or – or probably what the next men up were last year that, you know, dealt with issues. And it's like, you know, the group that we're talking about is Ryan uh, Hennington, Ross Elder, Hunter Henry. And even if, if yeast is, you know, ready to go, um, there's right now we're still sitting at that. That's probably the, the, the two line at safety. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree that, and I think this is obvious that the secondary's depth is clearly the most vulnerable roster wide. But I would say, you know, across the country, outside of a handful of teams that are absolutely elite year in and year out that have built ridiculously, you know, high quality squad depth, is there a lot of teams that would lose their first choice guy and have a backup that's going to be able to continue that same high level of performance. I mean, I just feel like that's it's, no, it, no, at but K drop, State it hurts us more. Dr- yeah, but the the gap. No, you're right, but the gap usually isn't as wide as what the gap would be for this season at K State. Um, because right. at last year it took injuries and COVID stuff and transfers before they had to resort to Ryan Hennington and Hunter Henry. This year, it wouldn't, it wouldn't even take that. This year, they're part of the rotation right now, still. So the, <laughs> so the, gap, the gap, I would say you're right that most people, most teams are still going to have problems when they get beyond the, the first line. But the gap is just a little rough because the guys that right now that will be on that two line were probably on the three and four line this time next year, or this time last year. Um, it's just they – it, it, I mean, I guess we could we could go through it, but eighty percent of the attrition was in the secondary. That's the problem. Yeah. 
Well, hopefully this season we will have some injury luck. That doesn't seem to be the case with K-State ever, but we're going to need it. Yeah, and that depth at uh, safety is definitely what I would call one of the fears, which is the next thing we're going to go around on. Um, we'll start with Steve. Uh, Steve, what what were your fears before this? Because I don't think anyone could have heard that conversation with Derek not been a little bit of scared, you know, at the two line beyond at safety. Uh, fears, I mean, depth, I'm going to echo that one. Uh, depth's always going to be fear. I'm oh, sorry, fear is always going to be depth at a school like this uh, until we're, unless we ever get super lead again. Um, I guess I'd said question mark for quarterbacks. Nah, I'll stick with question mark because that seems like the hype train for Will Howard is way bigger than uh, I'm giving it uh, credit for. Um, I, I think I'll just stick with depth, honestly, and then the non-con schedule is pretty terrifying. I'd hate to go one and two with a weird loss in Nevada or something, and then going to conference play with that. Yeah, that was one of my biggest fears. I'm I'm legitimately scared of Nevada. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the non-con here in a bit. We'll come down to Chris. Chris, where are your fears at, um, you know, outside of, uh, you know, depth and specifically at the safety spot? Any other uh, fears you have going into this year? Um, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention like the schedule and the games that we play early on, but we can talk about that later. As, as far as a specific team wise, um, yeah, you're always kind of worried about injury and what happens if uh, someone goes down and who's gonna step up. Um, so there's that outside of that and the schedule. Uh, you know, I just would think um, just the the uh, the season, how the season goes, and what if we start off one and two? Um, do we lose the guys? Or does it kind of go down? It, it kind of – the momentum of the season can change uh, game to game, I think. And that's kind of what scares me is, like, do we – if we start off slow, do are we able to come back or do we throw the towel in early? Um, that's something that scares me a little bit. No, I, I agree with you. It is going to uh... – Get a little dicey. I think, Evan, are you the only one we haven't talked fears with? Um, that seems right. I don't know. Did Grant say? Well, we don't care about Grant. He had an entire episode to talk about this stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my fear is definitely depth, like I was going into, um, and just like if we get a major injury somewhere. Um, like last year. Yep. I so everyone's scared of depth. I, I'm interested to hear hear this. Um we'll we'll start we'll start with Grant um because again I, I ignored him. Uh give me what and again these are not our official official predictions. Here on the locker room app we're gonna have an entire month full of on the record predictions. So this is off off the record, not final prediction, hundred games out what is your record prediction? And then what would your prediction be if I told you you could go NCAA football style, turn the injury sliders completely off? Oh, my God. Okay, so I think I agree with Steve, and I've said this before, but I think this next season, at least I hope, is going to mimic 2019 a little bit more than 2020 at least. I don't really even give 2020 
any it's a fake uh, year doesn't count any credit at all. Um, there were just too many fires to put out, and honestly, when you break that season down, we were pretty damn close to being six and three in the Big Twelve after. Um, it was all said and done. You know, we let a couple slip away that we absolutely shouldn't have. So um, I think that this team is pretty strong in a few spots and obviously depth is a concern, but if we do stay healthy and this is actually, no, this is about the injury slider being off. Um, I, I think it will mimic um, the 2019 season. So it could be anywhere from seven, six twins to 10 wins. And then it'll probably even out at about eight. Now, if we, if we stay healthy, Entire, like throughout the entire year, that means you know we've got a consistent Malik Knowles, who I think could be one of the best receivers in the conference. We've got Skylar Thompson, who's shown to be a game breaker. We've got Deuce Vaughn, who is elite, and then we've got a secondary who, honestly, I think that first line of players is is really talented, about as talented and complete and experienced as it's been in years. I mean, those edge defensive backs we talked about on the last podcast are as good as we've seen at K-State and probably since Duke Duke Shelley and DJ Reed, but they have a lot more length than those guys and maybe even more speed. So, shit, I don't know. I mean, we could be looking at nine, ten wins, pushing for that top two spot. I don't know. I don't think that's crazy. All right, we're, we're going to go down to Derek, and also, Derek, mute your mic when you're not talking. I know this is your first time on Locker Room, but come on, man. Have a little decency. So I'm going to go to you. Give me 100-day-out prediction, and then also a prediction if you could turn the sliders on, say no injuries. Uh, I would probably lean to a realistic prediction of 6-6 six and six or 7-5. and five. Like, oh, I want to say 6-6. Six and six, Fucking but... Jesus, Derek. <laughs> I want to say 6-6. Six and six, Good, Derek. I, I could still probably I'm about to kick you out of here, Derek. But with Here's that, the thing, that, Derek. Turning the no one is sliders good. off, I could see 9-3. Nobody in the Big 12 is good. That's the problem. It's like, why But, why no, but nobody why is no, but, but nobody's truly awful outside of two teams. That's the problem, too. And and you have you you play Stanford and you play Nevada, who's a scary uh, team for being group of five. Like, they'll make a bowl. So you're you're going to have two challenges in the non-con, and your only cakewalks in conference uh, of the conference schedule to me is Texas Tech and KU. Whatever, we're going to be favored in all three. Uh, so mute your mic. We'll come back to you. I'm I'm putting Derek on probation. If he's if he pisses me off, I'm going to kick him. Oh, out. screw you. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll we'll go to Evan. Evan, give me hundred day out, not official prediction. You're a loyal locker room guy. We'll get your official prediction. In August, um, give me your hundred day out, and then if you could turn sliders off. Okay, so first, if sliders aren't like yeah, just normal, like happening stuff. Normal world. What what are you predicting or predicting? Um, normal world. I'm going with seven and six. Um, they make a bowl but lose it. Sounds about right. And then you get to um, turn the injury sliders off. They're going nine and four and winning the bowl. All right, okay. I, I I I would like a little bit more optimism. You're saying eight and four with no injuries, but I'll let you go because I like you a lot more than Derek. All right, we'll we'll come to Chris. Chris, what is your uh, official or not unofficial hundred day out prediction? I mean, give me zero injury prediction. 
Uh, I'm going to go with – I'm, I'm usually pretty eternally optimistic before the season, so I'm going to go nine and three, and that's the normal. And then sliders off, I'll go – 11 I'll go 11 and 2 which I know is not that much different than my normal one but I'm optimistic I am optimistic okay Derek wants everyone to know he's going to a bar soon that's fine um I I like your prediction Steve did we get yours uh we have not all right Steve where are you at give me your 100 day out prediction and your no injuries prediction uh 100 days out I would say uh, I'm going to say eight wins and with no injuries guaranteed, I'll put the over under nine and a half, honestly. I'm, and I'm not usually like a big optimism dude, but, uh, I feel good with Skyler coming back. All right. Perfect. Uh, before we get a last second, uh, last second tidbit drop from Derek Young, I want to say if you have beef with Matt Campbell, like I do, because I fucking hate that guy. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com. If you use promo code SD, that is SD for sports drink. SD, you're getting 10% off and free shipping. I know my guy Steve knows his way around grill. So does Grant. So get over there. I'm vegetarian, there. baby. Oh, I did not know that. That's awkward. But guess what? I think they have some, <laughs> I think they have some desserts over there. But uh, My uh, dad. I'll buy it for my dad. Yes. I actually just had some of their all-beef hot dogs the other day. And if folks aren't hot dog people, give their all beef hot dogs a try. That is uh, SD over at KansasCitySteaks.com. And if you're a vegetarian, buy them for your dad. All right, Derek, before you leave, yeah, I know. It was, a, it was my worst segue ever, Grant. Um, Derek, before you go to the bars, pick up a nice young lady for an <laughs> evening of fun. Um, give, a, give the folks listening – one or two little tidbits of what's going on over at Case Online, and maybe one or two names to watch on the recruiting trail before we get to June and everything opens up. Uh, I mean, to be honest, it, it's a little bit at a standstill because we're waiting until June arrives. But when June arrives, it's going to be camp season. It'll be visit season, so it'll be pretty crazy and all that um, transpiring at the same time. I imagine it'll be a similar June to what we saw two years ago, right, if you guys remember. Uh, two years ago in June, I think what they added eight, nine commits. That might have been that might be on a low end. Taylor Warner was one of them, and obviously he's going to be, you know, a huge factor on the offensive line at some point in his career. So I think you'll see something similar. Um, I think, you know, a name may, to maybe get excited about is Nick Herzog, offensive lineman out of Blue Valley. You're talking about, a, you know, still looking for that significant in-state recruiting win. Um, they might get it in the form of Nick Herzog. So that's one. Then if we're talking about a guy. You know, there's probably a few of them, but, you know, I'll point out one perhaps because it's going to happen where they're going to offer a player that's, you know, probably not on the casual fans radar right now. He's going to camp in front of the staff and probably get offered and probably, you know, perhaps commit soon afterwards. You know, actually two come to mind. I'll, I'll get both, you know, linebacker Tobios and Sami of Wichita East and, Defensive tackle on Ty Newhouse at Lawrence Free State. I, I like both of those in terms of the, some of the upside that they could provide. So if they perform well in front of the staff, I could see them getting offered. And if that happens, could could close it close it out fairly quick. Well, good deal. Thank you for joining us, Derek. He's the man, main man over at K State Online. Don't hold his horrible predictions against him. 
because he well, knows. I got what one he's... thing. I got one Uh-oh. thing I do want to ask Uh-oh. about the the Matt Campbell thing because I have pretty good Matt Campbell sources. I, I talk. He's from Ohio, obviously, and I talk to people that definitely uh, get together and convene with him on a on a friendly basis, not just business basis. So I, I feel like I kind of know what's going on there. Not they are adamant that there was no offer of any significance like that was published from the Detroit Lions. They think he did get an offer of that significance, but they don't think it ever came from the NFL because they, he didn't entertain the pros enough for you know numbers to really be exchanged in that way. He has no interest, at least right now, in going pro. So they think it was another college job, and they think it was Texas. Well, that's interesting, but that is uh, Grant Copeland's favorite person in the world, Dennis Dodd, who had that uh, <laughs> awesome little uh, misinformation out there. I just feel like Dennis always misses. I don't know. Dennis always misses. He he has. He is not a good reporter. So, Derek, thank you for joining us. Thank you for that little tidbit. So, anyone listening, it wasn't uh, the Detroit Lions, but it was the University of Texas that might have allegedly offered eight years, sixty-four million to uh, Matt Campbell. So, and it, and it would and it would make sense because remember, at one point they said, "Yeah, Tom Herman's coming back." <laughs> Yeah, that, that is true. That that would make sense. So I, I appreciate that. The good chef Andre Napier has made his way in here, so we're going to have to get the good chef's answer to all of our questions so far. Chef, are you driving today? I am. I'm leaving the golf course. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get rapid fire before you uh, uh, have to worry about driving or getting running off the road or a phone call coming through or anything like that, so... <laughs> Uh, first question, what are you most confident in when you're looking out to the 2021 K-State football season? As in the schedule? Um, no, I'm, nope, I'm, just confidence I'm, in the team. Oh, well, it's Vaughn. I mean, he's he's going to be the prolific back that we're going to rely on him so heavy. It's going to be a lot of deuce, I think. I think there's – I mean, the committee – Running back group, I mean, it's gotten a little bit stronger, but I think we're going to still get a ton of dudes all day. All right. What is your biggest question mark with the team? Oh, I mean, that linebacker room is kind of questionable. I mean, can can Daniel Green take the the mantle and, I mean, even be better than Elijah? And, and, I mean, Justin was kind of a disappointment, but – I mean, just that linebacker room, if we can get – I mean, we didn't get the transfer that I thought we were going to get to that linebacker room, but, I mean, that's the, that's the biggest question for the team in my part, and, and recruiting. All right, and then what's your biggest fear? That we get rolled early in the season, tough, tough Nevada team, tough Stanford team, and we just lose all confidence in the squad. And if the – I mean, everybody's fear is injuries, but I'm, I'm going to say if we, if we don't look sharp at the beginning. All right. And then rapid, rapid fire over under 300 yards for Keenan Garber. What transfer are you most confident in? And then give me your 100-day out record prediction and then a prediction if you could guarantee no injuries. Ooh. Uh over under, I'm gonna say under for Keenan. Uh, I'm actually gonna say rush yeast. I'm gonna say he's he's gonna be the transfer that is gonna do the most. I think he's gonna be huge in the return department. 
Uh, safety, obviously, we didn't get the transfers that we want out of that. Him being one of them is going to be the reason why that's the safety unit is going to be what it is. He, it's all relying on him, I think, in my opinion. And record 100 days out, uh, let's go. Let's go. I said eight and four like 200 days ago, so let's go seven and five. And if no injuries, we're going nine and three. I like it. I like it. All right. Before we jump into talking a little bit about that very rough start to the season, Take Line is your podcast for sports, culture, and takes. Take Line has it all. It is a weekly podcast hosted by an Emmy winner by the name of Jason and a former WNBA champion, Renee Montgomery. It's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA, the world, and sports culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games the players' controversies and issues both on and off the court. Follow Take Line wherever you get your podcast so you can hear them every Tuesday. Okay, people. everyone was talking about the schedule, the schedule, the schedule. I want to start over with Steve. Um, Steve, do you think people – do you think this is mainly driven by that Stanford game, by the Nevada game, or even the Salty game versus an FCS team? Do you think – because my hypothesis is, and I, I, you always give me a good reality check, my hypothesis is if, if we weren't playing Nevada and instead we were playing UTEP, people would not be having this worry about the season. That's just my hypothesis. Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, I think you're spot on. I think losing to Stanford and then having two wins is very, very different than losing to Stanford and then having a, I mean, I don't want to say brutal team, but really difficult game against uh, Nevada. Um, I think it can fall off pretty quick. And if there was two gimmies after Stanford, I think it'd be really easy to get back in the swing in before uh, big 12 play started. Yep. Okay. We'll, we'll go down to Evan. Evan, you talked about the schedule. Are you more weary with the non-con games? Again, not, none of them are going to be a walk in park again. Any FCS game should be easy, but the Salukis had a pretty good spring season. We've talked about Nevada. Everyone knows Stanford. Are you more worried about that three-game non-con stretch? Or are you worried more worried about that, you know, little bit of a mini gauntlet to start the Big 12 season? Um, I think I'm more worried about the mini gauntlet there. Um, I, I think we get two and one in the first three and then two and one out of that gauntlet, though. <sighs> okay. All right. I, I like that. We're, we're going to ask some more schedule questions to everyone, but we're going to go – around the table right now we're going to start with evan you just basically said we're going to have two two and one stretches so starting four and two um you're the one who laid it out would you take that right now would you take two and one to start and then two and one to start big 12 play right now no questions asked fast forward to week seven um a hundred percent okay we're going to go up to grant copeland grant i saw you saying six and oh to start the season are you taking the Evan uh, gamble, or I guess it wouldn't be gamble, it would be the Evan bargain, 2-1 and one to start the season, then 2-1 and one to start the Big 12 play? No, 6-0 and oh or die. Just kidding. Or, I would or die? Take, I would absolutely take 4-2, and two, especially 2-1 two in the Big 12 out of those three games. That would immediately put us in a very good position. Um, I mean, we those are the three toughest games in the conference, bar none. I don't rate Texas um, – Obviously, Texas is tough, but um, shit, yeah. If we came out of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, 
Iowa State two and one. Obviously, we're losing that uh, Oklahoma State game because we can't win in Stillwater. But that would be amazing. I would take it. All right, Steve, are you taking the Evan uh, the Evan hypothesis or hypothetical here? I well, I don't want to answer that right now. I'm too nervous. Uh, I mean, it, here, here it, hold on. We'll, we'll get Chef, Chef, and then Chris. Chef, are you taking? Two and one, and then two and one, four and two after six games. I'd be blue chew hard for four and two. Okay, I like it. I like that a lot, uh, Chris. Two and one, two and one, starting four and two. Where, where's your head at? You know, four and two would be hard to pass up, but I'm a gambling man, so I might roll the dice because I think we could probably get five and one out of that. I think we could I, go. I think we could go three and zero oh in the non con, and then. Uh, we can go two and one in that that little mini stretch of games to start off big. See, I all right. So I I like where Chris's head's at. Chris, you might be winning my MVP of the show because I would if someone were to offer me right now two and one in that first three game stretch, I would I would and, and Big Twelve play. I would take it. I, I am I'm nervous with Nevada. I think Southern Illinois is a decent FCS team. And Stanford, you know, it's a Power 5 team. But I think we're go- if you put a gun to my head right now and made me predict something, I would predict all three of those to be wins. So I like where your head's at. Um, that said, giving me an option to go to – because that puts you in a position where you could be competing to go to Arlington for a second time. So I might have to take it because if you – you go two and one versus the top three teams in the preseason poll, or Texas might be up there. Then all of a sudden, who, who's the toughest team? What's the toughest game left on your schedule? TCU at home or uh, the Longhorns after Thanksgiving? I mean, Neil Brown. Oh, fuck. I forgot about him. We always lose Neil Brown. Oh, man. Not this oh, year. Third time's a charm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Third time's a charm. All right. So I like it. Evan, I, I thank you for throwing out that hypothetical. We're, we're going to come back to Chris. Chris, of those games, if you could basically if, – if you could look in, in a crystal ball and say, all right, I want to know the outcome out of any of these uh, six games, those first six games, first half of the season, and it would tell you the most about how the rest of the season would go, what game do you think would tell you the most if you knew the final score? Of those first six games? Yep. I might have to go with the very first one, Stanford. Um, I know that's early and it's the first game. Um, but and but if we if we play good and we, um, we come out uh, confident, we actually win by a decent amount, that could give us some good confidence. Um, now, if we lose that game, I don't think it's the end of the world, but um, it does set up for some challenge and some adversity. So I think, I think that that first game will be a really uh, true watermark um, of the type game that where you kind of see how much progress we made from last year in the spring, the summer and fall camp, and then where the program is heading. Um, And then I guess if you're the runner up to that game, it'd probably be, I guess, Oklahoma state first conference game on the road, see how they do. So that would probably, I'd do Stanford would be the true one to see how we are. And then the second runner up would be Oklahoma state. All right. I I like where your head's at chef. We're we're coming down to you. Um, Nevada 
It's a G5 opponent. Originally, you know, we were supposed to play Buffalo last year. That was supposed to be scary. Um, didn't happen. We lost to Arkansas State. My question to you is, uh, does K-State need to take a look in the mirror and start scheduling just the, like UTEP and UTSA and all like just shitty G5 teams? Or do you like playing some of these G5 teams that are going to go to bowls? I think in the future we have Tulane on the schedule. So, again, they're – they have the Power Five game every year, and then you have a salty Group of Five team as well. I like it. I mean, it, it really tests you. I mean, we we didn't see it last year, but I mean, well, what, we did. What, we lost. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I like it a lot. Um, just to just to get that experience for the boys, and Tulane is going to be exciting. I mean, do is it a home and away with Tulane? Yeah. So um, Tulane is a two for one. So the Tulane series is. In Manhattan in 2022, in New Orleans in 2024, and back in Manhattan in 2026. Uh, so your G5 opponent in 2023 is Troy, another team like that's going that. to bowl, bowl games. Your G5 team in 2025 is Army. So you don't have – That's you have, your squad right there. I, I, like, I like me some Army. So you do not get a second gimme. From and, and we're scheduled out until fully through 2025. We have two of our three games for 2026, but you don't have a second gimme. Uh, you know, Tulane, good. Troy, good. Army, good. Nevada, so do you think? Good. Do you think in that in that situation? Do you think if we're scheduling, like you said, look in the mirror? If we're scheduling down, are we setting our bar down too, or what are we trying to accomplish? Are we trying? Is I'm Chris trying to goal? I'm to, just trying to win to be 10 elite games. or no? I, I'm just trying to get the Cats to win ten games before Iowa State does. Well, I mean that's they they can't win ten games. So I mean, yeah, I, I hope you're I right. I hope to. you're right. I hope you're right. But yeah, it's, but like you, but the question that you were asking everybody else about which game I mean would would set set us apart. I think if we of those first six games, Iowa State is that game. Well, I mean, if you're giving me a guarantee for any of them, I'm choosing Iowa State. Even though yeah. that's illogical, that's illogical because you should take Oklahoma for a third straight year. I agree with you. I want to beat Iowa State more than I Iowa want State. Iowa State bad. I want them bad. All right, we're going to come up to Grant before we get a kind of wrap-up question where we're going to go around the horn. Grant, you've heard a lot of talk about the first six games. You're, you're calling 6-0, and 6-0, and all this type of stuff. Where would your mindset be? And we're going to do the two polar opposites. K-State starts off going 4-0. And I think I think it's a bye week after that. Don't hold me to that. But say we start 4-0. 4-0, you're coming on this podcast uh, after we finally beat uh, – I actually, no, we, we'd be having Oklahoma at home for that week five, but we finally beat Oklahoma state on the road. It's because you stayed at home. I'm driving through fog that might get me killed in Emporia trying to make it back up to Shawnee. What is your emo- What would your emotions be like when we're recording that post game pod that next morning for four and out after Oklahoma state? That drive home was so bad, by the way. I, I think both almost died. Two separate, complete separate trips. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, if we start four and I'm, I'm in shock, to be completely honest with you, and I'm doing everything 
in my power to find some sort of arrangement, some sort of babysitter to get tickets to Oklahoma and Iowa State. I'm not planning on going to a lot of games this year. I don't have my season tickets like I normally would. But, shit, if we started 4-0 and after an Arlington trip that I will definitely be at and beating you know Oklahoma State, who's going to be probably top 25, I would imagine, on the road, I mean, it would be time to believe. Absolutely. The... <laughs> The Kool-Aid would be absolutely pumping through our veins, Scott. You know how I mean, the blind talk about blind optimism, but we would have some evidence there that we could carry into week five. And just think of how hyped that Oklahoma game would be, which is bad for us because anytime we play Oklahoma with any hype, they beat the absolute piss out of us. But shit, I mean, I'd be out of control. It'd be great. All right. And then my next question is, and it's an inverse Where's your head at if coming off of that Iowa State game were one and five or two and four? Um, I'm thinking that Chris Kleiman – I'm staying off the boards. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm happy that I don't have tickets. Um, and I'm worried for Chris Kleiman. And I'm depressed that the direction of the program is not what I thought it was going to be in 2019. I don't well, see how – I mean, if we're one and five, that would be. Oof. I mean, people would be talking about Chris Kleiman's seat being. Is that burn it? Sure. Is that burn it down level? One. Probably. Uh, that would that would be pretty remarkable. It would be hard not to. It'd be hard to look at that objectively and say and find any positives. You know, what if, one and five what, with what if they're all Skyler close games? It'd be really tough. What if they're all Baylor-level games from last year? Then I'm probably jumping off a bridge. We shouldn't have lost to fucking Baylor. That was that. If we lose all five of those games, uh, yeah. If we lose all five of those games, it would be in close manner. That would be worse. So, uh, that is ugly. Okay, so the the final wrap up. It's been good. Yep, that's fine. Thank thank you for joining us, Grant. Our wrap up question for all four people: I want a. If you can add any K-State player to this team, one offense, one defense, who would it be? But here is the kicker. They could not have been an All-American or considered all-time great. So, you know, uh, no, no Michael Bishops, no uh, Arthur Browns, no Josh Buell. So, like, a Tier 2 type player you could add to this team for one year only, and I will be the arbiter of what is considered a tier two player. So if you try to go for someone too good, I'm going to tell you, nope, got to take a step back. Um, we're going to start with Steve because I like I like his K-State knowledge. What tier two player are you adding to offense and defense on this team? So I think you have to tell me this is tier two or not. Uh, DJ Reed would be the first one I think of. I think – so DJ Reed got drafted. Uh, but no, he was never all conference, was he? I think he was. I think he was second team all conference. I'm going to say no on DJ okay. Reed, but that's like right at the threshold. So for everyone, slightly worse than DJ Reed. I think you're. I think. What about? Continue. I, I I know who mine would be, but go. Uh, uh, where's Curry Sexton rank? No, Curry Sexton would be a tier tier two or tier three guy. I'll take I'll take Curry Sexton for sure on the offensive side. Okay. Um, I was all in on DJ Reed. I might have to come back. Uh, I do need to clarify my statement from earlier because when I said uh, I didn't want to answer that hypothetical, 
it's because I think K-State fans would be pissed if I was like, I'm not taking four and two. I think we play and shoot for five and one or six and oh. Uh, so that's why I was like, I don't want to answer. Because if everybody was like betting or like consent, content with the uh, four and two, and I was like, no, we're going to play the games out and see how they roll. That's why I was being sheepish about it. No, you're fine. Only Chris and I were doing that. We'll come back to defense. We'll go with Chef. Who? What type of tier two player are you adding on offense? Uh, defense, can I get Elijah Lee? Oh, Elijah Lee. Did he end up getting drafted? Or he was, was he drafted. A free agent? No, no way. No, he, no, he signed, I, with De- signed with Detroit, didn't he? No, I think he was drafted by San Francisco. We're saying – I think no, we're saying Elijah Lee is not a tier two or less player. Okay. Um, uh, come back to me. Come back to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, Evan, do you, do you have someone uh, in mind? Um, defensively, um, I'm going to go recent here with A.J. Parker. Does that work? Well, yeah, we'll give A.J. Parker. Well, I'm going to call A.J. Parker a tier two, not – let me see. Did he make? Because Elijah Lee was a first time, first team All Big Twelve. Um, we're we're gonna look up AJ Parker. I don't think he was first team. He was never a first team guy. So AJ Parker not drafted, not a first team All Big Twelve. AJ Parker counts. Good call. And offense. Do you got an offensive guy? Um, I kind of like what Steve was saying with uh, Curry Sexton, um, but I would uh, I'd probably go with Byron Pringle. Um, I think he's the key to beating Oklahoma State. I don't know if he ever made a first-team All-Big 12, so I'm going to let that play. We'll we'll go up to Chris. Chris. I might go with uh, Hubert at running back just to have um, another a more ground-and-pound um, guy to kind of split the um, carries with. Um, um, our stud <laughs> and uh, defense. Um, let's... So, so timeout. I have to cut you off. John Hubert, 2012, first team All Big 12. Based on the rules we have out, he is not an option oh. for a player. Oh, I can't use him. Damn. Oof. All right. Well, crap. That kind of. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to you. I'll, <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw my defensive guy out there. I'm going with David Rat Garrett. I think that he played. That's a salty uh, pick right there. Yeah, and he was he was a nickelback, so I think he fits in perfectly. Um, you know, he made honorable mention All Big Twelve. He was not a first team All Big Twelve. So I'm going with Rat Garrett. You know, five eight RIP. Um, he 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 was a part of those salty salty defenses. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a big Dave Garrett fan. And then on offense, man, by my own rules, this is, this is tough. Uh, let's go. Can I, can I go offense? Oh, Dalton. Dalton, That's, that's a good pick. What can I go? Chief Dalton Sean. Can I go taco Wallace for wide receiver? Taco Wallace. Let's see if he ever made first team all big 12. Uh, uh, he was a draft pick, though. Sorry. Oh my god! Pick. Jesus. No go. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna come back up to Steve, and then we'll try to give Chris another shot. Steve, have you uh, figured out who you're gonna round out with? Did Trey Walker make LB twelve? I hope not. He should have. 
<laughs> I just love him as a person so much, though. Uh, how about uh, Trey Walker oh would play? I'm I'm blanking on a who who went to from quarterback to linebacker. Tuggle, Justin Tuggle, Tuggle. Going Tuggle. Go Tuggle. All right, Justin Tuggle. Let's just let's just make sure he didn't make. No, he did. He never made a first team. That's a great call. I like where your head's at, Steve. Chris, do you, yes, and he wore number two. Amazing. All right, uh, Chris, do you have an offensive guy? Since I did not allow you to use John Hubert, I uh, I don't have an offensive guy, but I might have a defensive guy. Um, Brandon Archer, linebacker. I think that's what his name, Brandon Archer, or last name's Archer. Yep. Uh, back, I was the end of Snyder uh, 1.0, but. For summary, I don't think he was any high caliber guy, but I remember him making some decent plays when we needed them back in those days. So why not him for depth at linebacker? Um, and then offense, I'm I'm blanking on uh, kind of those second tier, third tier guys that don't have uh, the accolades or were drafted. Okay, I got I got my two. I got my two. Okay, chef. Can I go? Can I'm go? Can I go? Randall Evans, Nickelback. Yes, yep, Randall Evans plays. And then I'll go Glenn Gronkowski. <laughs> no, okay, I mean, that's fine, but, you know, I – actually, he might have made an all-Big 12 team, but I'll let that play. But I'm I, I'm saying that's stupid because we have Jackson and the Seawolf. So, I think that's all. Did everyone get their, their picks in? Did I miss anyone? I don't think so. Okay, so that's all we got. Anyone who's listening on podcast app, tweet, tweet in who – some of your tier two guys and the criteria we're using is could never uh, could could have never been a first team all Big Twelve or gotten drafted. Kind of a wonky way, but I, I think that's a fair way. Uh, thank you to everyone who joined. This was a lot of fun. We're coming to you guys live every single Thursday. Next Thursday, we're going to talk about all of our favorite K State traditions because on Monday I dropped an episode with. Ross Jenspy, one of my buddies from when I was at K-State, he was in the marching band. He stood up for Wildcat March. We talked all things Pride of Wildcat Land. It actually is a really great show. I hope everyone listens, but next Thursday, we're going to come on here. We're going to talk all about our favorite K-State traditions, alive or dead. And as the MVP of today's show, I'm going to come to Chris. Chris, you get the final word of all the boneheads. What do you want to tell everyone? Uh, I want to say that... um... Football, even though it's like 100 days away, um, we're getting into the summer. Recruiting is going to get picked up, um, and it'll be here before you know it. Um, and uh, it's always to be good to be optimistic. I think we can sometimes, as K-State fans, be a little bit down on ourselves, but um, I think it's a lot more fun to be optimistic and look at the bright side of things than uh, the negative side of things. So I think I think we'll have a decently good year, and – will surprise some folks. I love it. I love it. Thanks again to everyone who joined. Thank you to everyone who hung out in the chat. We love you guys. Meet Grant at the cat head. And, you know, like Chris said, only about a hundred days out. Let's be a little opti- a little bit more optimistic until, uh, until we're forced to be a little pessimistic. Steve, you unmuted. What are you trying to say? I just was going to drop a tater Scott in there, but uh, no big deal. I mean, there you go. You got it in there. We love Thanks you guys. Somebody. Whoa. All right, Chef. All right. We love you guys. Thanks again for hanging out. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.